0: what's up everyone how you doing what's going on welcome to another episode of coffee with colin my name is colin egglesfield and i am coming at you from with fifty thousand watts from los angeles i'm here at the hollywire studios and i'm excited to be back where it all started and i'm excited that you guys are all here with me um while we are doing the interview here you have the opportunity to type in your comments and questions my guests, And tonight I have a very lovely, very beautiful, very inspiring actress who I'm sure you guys all know from several of the movies and TV shows that she's been doing. Uh, but before I get to that, I just want to say uh, thank you to everyone who has signed up for the R3 90-Day Challenge. If you're looking to get healthier and accomplish your health and wellness goals for 2023, this is your opportunity to join us over 90 days where you are going to get inspiration, motivation, And a lot of insight from doctors and some of my other brand ambassador friends who are working with R3 Stem Cell to be able to share with you everything that you need to get to be the healthiest version of yourself. Uh, Also starting my next Inspire course. Inspire is my six-week goal setting course, which inspires you and helps you get focused and crystal clear on your goals for this upcoming year. So I would love for you guys to uh, join me this upcoming Saturday. I'm going to be doing another introduction to it. And this program, I guarantee you, you will become unrecognizable after you finish this thing. And uh, it's all about creating the momentum and tapping into your inner greatness to be able to go out there into the world and accomplish the things that you want to do in life. However, things that we go after in life, the best things in life are usually outside of our comfort zone. And so that's why I have put all of this together, including Coffee with Colin, to share with you. Some of the insight and inspiration and motivation from my guests that uh, you can use in your own life to go out there into the world and accomplish your dreams and your goals, because it does no good for you to stay playing life small. Life is meant to be lived and played full out. And, you know, the idea of becoming a uh, An actor here in Hollywood was definitely not something that I thought was even in the realm of possibility when I was growing up. And a lot of what we accomplish in life depends on the mindset that we create for ourselves and how we perceive what we are dealing with. And uh, as a cancer survivor myself, a lot of the things that I learned in my acting classes have helped me be able to move through life with more empowerment, with more clarity, and with more purpose. So if this is something that you are interested in becoming more a part of, then just keep sticking around. Once you hit the subscribe button on YouTube, if you are on YouTube right now, so you are staying connected and informed about every time we uh, go live here on Coffee with Colin. And uh, we are in uh, a few seasons now. This is crazy that we've been doing this now for... uh, I think three years now and I want to give a big shout out to my producer, Miriam at Miriam Johnson Productions. If you are looking to create your own podcast, or need help with any of your content creation, you can go to at Miriam Productions on Instagram. Um, at Miriam Johnson Productions, and she will be able to help you create and produce whatever it is that you want to. Um, She's amazing. She's awesome. She keeps me organized, and uh, she will definitely get you on track with accomplishing what you want to in the digital realm. So that being said, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I want to tee up my next guest here on Coffee with Colin. And this lovely actress is someone who I met about seven months ago at the Rama Drama uh, Actor Conference, and we're going to be doing another uh, Rama Drama, I believe, in the summertime. It is an awesome opportunity for you to come and meet some of your favorite actors from so many movies and TV shows, and she is absolutely lovely. She's very inspiring. Uh, She's a mom of two kids, and... I, the more I talk to her, the more I learn just uh, insight about life and about, um, you know, just about uh, what it takes to accomplish and pursue dreams. And she's doing some amazing things. She's got a uh, platform called Glow Up, which I want to talk to her about and ask her questions about. And uh, she's really into uh, the space of mental health. So I want to talk to her about that. And uh, you may have recognized her from. Movies and TV shows such as Stargate, The Twilight Zone, The L Word. She started working in the acting industry at 15 years old. I didn't even know. I was probably still playing with G.I. Joes when I was 15 years old. The fact that, you know, she was starting to work at 15 years old is just in and of itself very impressive. Uh, She was in Final Destination, and she is most well known for, of course, her role in Sign Sealed, Delivered as the lovable and quirky Rita Hayworth, uh, Hayworth. And so without uh, any more blabbering, I'm just gonna bring her to the stage. Please welcome Miss Crystal Lowe, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Hi, can I clap for myself? Is that weird?
0: Oh, so you can clap for <laughs> I feel
1: like there's no audience here, so somebody has to, so just do it for me. <laughs>
0: um, so your full name is Yan K. Crystal Lowe.
1: That's correct, yes.
0: Yeah. So thank you. Well, do you mind if I just, can we call you Crystal? You can call me
1: Crystal. You know, it's so funny because, um, I I went for, I still go by Crystal and I've gone by Crystal my whole career. And then I would say about five years ago, I decided to take my, I'm Yan is my Chinese name. I'm half Chinese and half Scottish. Uh, and I took it back because I was kind of forced in our industry. Um, uh, to, as I was literally told to whiten myself up. Uh, so they, I was told to change that the spelling of my last name is actually L O and I had to change that. And I had to do all these crazy things. So, uh, about five years ago, I was like, well, no, I'm just gonna, it's my name. Uh, but it's funny cause people are so nervous, right? So they go, do I call you Yankee? Do I call you Crystal? Crystal is still my name. I still go by it. That is still totally fine. So, uh, I was just taking it back for me you know, that was just a personal yeah. thing that I wanted to kind of empower myself and make that decision.
0: So you're saying you, you experienced some discrimination when you first started in the business.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, all the time only because, uh, there was no roles for Asian people. There's never been, I mean, that's just starting now really, you know, and when I started, uh, I was so young that I was really looking at jobs to like be put into families, you know, to play the daughter or to play the, you know, you're 15. Uh, but I wasn't, they would be like, well, you're not Asian enough and then you're not white enough. Yeah. So what are you? And like, can we just, can we try to make you look more white? So then maybe you'll fit into another family. I lost a job because um, they found out I was, I, I, in the room, uh, I had written LO, my real last name. And, and the director said, Oh, why did you write lo and, and i didn't know i could lie because i was a kid so i was like oh because my, my i'm half chinese and they and he was like oh you know now that you say that i can see it and then i lost the role and the casting director cool. called my agent and said tell her never to do that again because she lost it because they found out and as soon as they knew they were like oh yeah we can't cast her she's not white wow crazy yeah it was crazy so that was more of like an empowerment thing for me to take it back and just say yeah. uh, that is my real name um but Crystal is my real name too, and that's that's what I go by. So uh, people can call me either; it doesn't matter.
0: All right. Well, yeah. I just want to say thank you for being here. Thank and you. Uh, um, over the past few months, as I've gotten to know you, uh, I just every time I I am around you, I just keep learning more about what you're up to, and I think it's absolutely uh, amazing and um, and great what you're doing in terms of with what you have with your Glow Up platform. Can you tell us a little bit about how that? started and what your goals are with with the whole it's,
1: it's so weird you know um i think something has shifted for me this year and i don't really know even what it is yet i'm still like in the beginning of figuring it out but um i'm giving zero f's and i won't say the word you know like just in case there's young viewers and, and i don't know if this is an age thing but i'm like I just want to do what I want to do that the things that make me happy. Uh, I like doing stupid TikTok dances. They make me happy. I enjoy them. I don't care if people think they're stupid and I don't care if I'm too old to do them, you know? So when I, because I'm a mom and I have two kids, one who's seven and the other one who's 11 months, mm-hmm. I have no time for myself. I'm exhausted all the time. I, you know, you give as a parent, all you're doing is giving to your family and your children, which is. I'm so happy to do cause they're like the best little people I've ever met in the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does mean that you kind of lose yourself in that. And, and then there's this weird guilt attached. If you, you know, if you take time for yourself or if you don't take time for yourself, then there's guilt or you don't drink water. Like when I leave the house, everybody has been fed. Everybody has their stuff, everybody. And then I get out and I'm like, I haven't eaten in like, you know, six hours. So I started doing this glow up thing where i was like i'm just gonna do every day i'm gonna take 10 minutes out of my day to do whatever i want <laughs> like just 10 minutes um and encourage other people to do that too and to kind of and and that goes from like going to therapy checking in with myself um how am i feeling do i need to cry right now okay just spend 10 minutes crying like do i want to do that tiktok dance do the tiktok dance or like dress up in an outfit or whatever just Giving myself some space to be me, um, mm-hmm. and and kind of encourage other people to like do the things that that you love, that maybe you think people will think are dumb. Like, yeah. who, who cares? It's it. We don't have. To, I don't have time anymore to care <laughs> about right. other other people's opinions of me. So that's kind of what I'm I'm doing with it, and just discovering what comes out of that.
0: So, um, as the daughter of an Asian. Uh, father was it? Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Chinese dad, Scottish mom, both immigrants to Canada. Mom came from Glasgow. Father came from Hong Kong and they met in Canada. It's like the most Canadian story ever.
0: (laughs) And do you feel that, um, compared to your father and your mom, just the traditions of Chinese and Scottish, um, how would you describe the difference between them? And was it, um, was it confusing growing up in your household?
1: You know what? I think the best part of being biracial. And and they've done studies on this, that biracial kids are actually um, much more at ease with uh, other communities that they don't know. Uh, Because we grew up with two communities. So that's like just normal for us. It was normal for me to get up on Christmas and do a traditional kind of Westernized Christmas, you know, open all my presents, you have have like a turkey lunch, and then go for Chinese dinner and like get my red pockets. Like that's normal for me. I, I didn't I I thought that was what people did. So um, there was definitely some cultural differences. And my biological father um, and my mom divorced and my mom remarried uh, an amazing man, who's my dad. But I stayed really close with my Chinese family. I lived in Hong Kong for two years. I'm really close to my grandparents um, and my aunts and all that. Uh, And it was, (laughs) it's just an interesting, you know, the Chinese culture is, Harsh. They don't, they don't pull punches. You know, they'll tell you the truth
0: whether you want to hear
1: it or not. Uh, but it's, it's done out of love. Uh, they, they will rarely say, I love you. I remember my, um, my, my grandpa, my Chinese grandpa, you know, would always like, I don't know. My grandma would always say, did you notice your, yeah, yeah, gave you the best piece of fish. And I was like, cool. <laughs> you know, did you notice I oh, yeah, I gave you the best, like, you know, chocolate. And I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand what's happening. And then of course, as I grew older, I was like, Oh, that's how they say I love you. You yeah. know, he would, he wouldn't eat any of the good pieces of food. He would like put that aside for me and then go here, you get the best. I'll take the scraps, you know? So uh, that compared to my Scottish side, my mom is like, so Scottish, you know, singing, we sing songs. She would, to drive me crazy play the bagpipes to wake me up uh we would watch monty python you know so i'm very um schooled in that my i call them my white family (laughs) my my white family is like my mom i could i could be wearing a paper bag and she'd be like you're the most beautiful girl i've ever seen in my life you're so beautiful you're so you know so it's like Uh (laughs) i had this like weird balance i also used to put on fashion shows i thought that was normal so like anytime somebody bought me an outfit I would put on a fashion show and then everybody in the room would be like, you look beautiful. You look amazing. So mm-hmm. as I grew older and people would buy me stuff and then I would try to put on a fashion show for them. Um, I realized that wasn't the norm. <laughs> were like, I mean, what I mean,
0: We used to do all kinds of like skits and shows in my house as well. So yeah.
1: It, it's, yeah, it's fun. You know, for me, that was really fun. Uh, but yeah, it was a really cool it, it, growing up like that. And I'm really trying to give my kids some sort of, um, like I want them to have the Chinese side too, because it's our culture is really important and uh, and I want them to have the Scottish side. So I'm trying to like, I speak Cantonese pretty fluently um, mm. and I, I'm not speaking enough with them. So that's something I need to start doing because I want them to speak, you know, the language.
0: So it sounds like Chinese culture, they're not necessarily vulnerable with their feelings or
1: oh.
0: admitting that they feel, they oh.
1: No, there's no vulnerability. That's you know, there's like a nobleness to the culture, and I and I can, I mean, I can't speak on every Asian culture. They're all different, but I think there's a general consensus um, amongst my Asian friends that there is a you you want to appear noble and reserved and um, strong, and so oh. to them, that means not becoming overly you know, um, aggressive or not becoming overly uh, emotional. That's the strength lies within the containment of that. And so that was something It took me a long time to like deconstruct in my mind because uh, we're actors, like of all the jobs, that job does not work for that. So yeah. it took me years to say, no, it's it's strong if I cry. It's okay to cry. And I fight it now even. Even now I'll be like, you know, I just wa- I just watched that Whitney biopic yeah I was like sobbed I mean, through the whole witty bobbbing, <laughs> and like but like didn't let anyone see me sobbing. It's like dark in there in the movie theater, nobody's even there, you know, but it's like so I battle it still,
0: and uh, when you were like younger, how did the whole acting thing come up, and was it something you were always drawn to, or yeah?
1: Oh God. Like it's my mom I, born
0: in the industry or
1: um, no, I was, uh, I'm actually a pastor's granddaughter, like a Baptist. My, my Scottish grandpa was a, a Baptist pastor. And so my mom ran the Sunday school thing. And so she threw me in a play and like the second I stepped on that stage and I would have been five. I was like, Oh my God, this is where I belong. Now I will be honest. <laughs> part of it was because everybody was like, oh, you were amazing. And I was like, oh, "What? Oh, this is amazing. <laughs> why wouldn't anybody want to do this? People tell you you're great and you're cute, you know? Um, But, and my mom put me in at five. I was doing pretty well. And then she pulled me out because she said the other, the other uh, parents were a little aggressive, which and competitive. Um, Mm. And my mom did not, my mom is an academic. She's a professor. She, she thinks her body is there to carry her brain around. She, you know, she is not about how you look like she could care less about any of that. So she didn't want me being sucked into that world. And then at 15, I beg, uh, she goes, if you want to go back at 15, 16, when you can drive yourself, uh, then sure. And like, second I turned, I was like, that's it, I'm going back. And that was it, you know. And
0: so in and growing, you were growing up in Vancouver?
1: Yeah, in a tiny little town called Maple Ridge. Uh, we have some really cool people that came out of Maple Ridge. So Tyler Labine. I don't know if you know Tyler. He's on New Amsterdam right now. He, you know him if you saw him for sure. You guys have probably yeah. crossed paths. Um, he came out of me for his, his mom was like my stage manager. <laughs> it's so weird. She got me like my agent and then, um, the Scott brothers, you know, the property brothers. Yeah. They're like, yeah, those are like, I, yeah, I grew yeah. up with those guys. They were, you know, my like high school prom dates. We were really good. No we're all from, Yeah. We're all from the same small town. It's such okay. a funny, I forget that drew and Scott, John are like famous, you know? So I, like, I just forget cause they yeah. were like the karate kicking, you know, funny guys that I would, you know, we would lie and and book reservations and, and fancy restaurants and say that Jonathan was this famous um, magician. I was actually his like um, magician girl for like a little, <laughs> it's so weird. So our small town produced some really cool people.
0: Nice. And so, I mean, obviously being close to a town where productions are already going yes. on, um, when you were starting to go on these auditions, was it easy for you? Were you starting to book right away? Or was it something where yeah. you faced some, uh, some insecurities about yourself or the business or anything? What was that like?
1: Uh, you know, I, I got real lucky right out of the gate. So the first audition I ever had, I tested for a series. I was like number one choice. I didn't get chosen. Um, but my agent, I didn't even know what testing meant. So I, you know, for me, it was like, mm-hmm. sure, we just go do the thing. Uh, and then I booked a guest star on Stargate, which was my first job. And that was like a blessing and a curse because I got that job and I was like, "Easy peasy, I'm gonna book everything, and then didn't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then didn't for like so long. <laughs> I was like, oh, 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 there's like it's an up and down roller coaster. Okay. Um insecurities, yeah, man. So many. They're still here, they're always here. That you know, I, I think you know, I used to come to LA for pilot season every year, and I would joke but I would be like, I come in so cocky, you know, and then just get cut off at the knees. and am like, okay, well, there goes my ego. I'll just pick that up off the floor and go back home <laughs> and try again. Uh, but that's, I don't know any actor at any level. And even the ones, you know, even if you're at like George Clooney level, even if you're at Brad Pittler, people are waiting for you to bomb. Then, you know, people are waiting for the movie. They're like, well, you haven't had a massive global hit. So you think even at that level there's it's mm-hmm. just part of our it's just part of our industry. It's always going to be which is why I try to like ask myself why am I actually doing this, you know? Yeah. Am I doing this?
0: It was going to be my of, question like what uh, yeah. what keeps you like inspired and resilient in the face of of all of this uncertainty and, and because you know all actors deal with it a lot of creatives, artists, you know, we all deal with the uncertainty of, of when our next paycheck is going to come around. And it's, it's crazy just going to some of these parties and listening to agents and managers just talk about actors. Like we're just these commodities. And, and as if we were like, I don't know, just like just dis, uh, disposable. And um, you know, it's like diamond dozen sort of thing. And mm-hmm. it's, it's one of these things where you know going in to promote yourself as it's not like we're selling a product. It's easy to like sell something or a product, and if someone doesn't like it, it's like ah, well you know they don't like this. But when you're going in to sell yourself, yeah, there's that tricky part of well, I don't want to like toot my own horn. I don't want to seem like I am um, you know being cocky or whatever. But that's something that I had to contend with in terms of like you've got to get out there. You've got to, you've got to like interact and network. And that's something that I just kind of struggled with. Cause I just, you know, it's like, how do you know who you are when you're in your twenties and thirties? Yeah. And, um, yeah, no. it, I think the best thing that has really helped me is just traveling and just mm-hmm. trying to go to as many different experiences, museums and shows. And like when I was in New York on to Broadway shows and, and, uh, and just try to experience as much about life as possible. Because the great thing about acting is that no matter whether life is great or it's crappy, you know, I'm sure you've heard this from some of your acting teachers where your acting teachers are just saying, use it, use everything. And it's so true.
1: Well, we're never going to, I always say this to my students, you're never going to play an actor who can't book a job guys. All of us can do that. Like go live. You know what I mean? Go get your heart broken, go break someone's heart. Go. That's, that's what people don't write films about actors they write films about real people that are experiencing you know emotional growth or or the opposite way in some way so unless you're experiencing that how do you know how to relate or play it not really. you don't right um and if you strangle the acting it, you'll just suffocate it like let it go and go breathe for me i you know i i just got to a point where i needed something that like everything i everything i wanted kept happening which was amazing i really wanted to be on a series book to series then i wanted to i kept you know I'm, I'm very about like manifestation. So I kept saying like, I want something that scares me. I want something that scares me. And then I booked this role of Rita, which is like the weirdest role for me. I played the like quirky, funny, awkward person. I've never booked a job like that. Uh, and I was like, oh God, I'm terrified. I'm getting fired for sure. Didn't. Uh, but then something felt like it was like missing. So I kept, you know, then I produced and then I directed and now I've written. And um, I just... For me, there has to be a higher reason of why I'm doing this to keep me going, and I think I really want to. It it pains me because I'm social justicey uh, that people have such a lack of empathy for one another. It drives me nuts. It it drives me. I don't think you have to be in somebody's shoes literally to empathize yeah. with their struggle, um, and that's what I want to do through my storytelling. Is you know maybe present you with some a character that you don't like, that you don't understand, that you don't get. Um, and let you have empathy for that person and go, well, maybe I don't really understand what they're going through (laughs) and maybe I don't need to judge them so quickly. Maybe I should just wait and let, you know, things play out. And so that part for me keeps me going now because I truly believe that storytelling makes a real change in people's lives. Yeah. You know, I, I I tell the story a lot, but I watched the movie The hate you give for anyone who hasn't seen it, who watches this, go see it. Um, I went in there with no, with all this makeup. I didn't know what the movie was about. I came out with zero makeup. Um, it's about police brutality in the black community. Nice. Uh, while I understood it, I, ha- I had not seen it, it the way they presented it on screen with this beautiful family going through this struggle, just like my family. You know, there's something different about watching a film and seeing yourself through these these people that changes something inside of you and opens your heart up and opens your mind up. And that is what keeps me going for sure. That's why I want to do this.
0: What's your favorite thing about acting?
1: Um, I think the my it changes a lot. Uh, but I get to embody somebody else's feelings in that moment and, and kind of get their life experience. Um, I love comedy. If to be honest, after read like all I if I could live in a world of dramedy comedy, that's like yeah. where I there's nothing more that I like that being silly and making people laugh. And I really believe like we need it so bad, you know, especially during COVID. I don't know about everyone else, but I was so depressed. I was like so sad, you know, and what did I do? I watched Mindy Project 5000 times. Never have I ever, you know, I watched Zoolander 50,000 times. Like I know every word to that movie and old school and all, you know, because we need it like we need to laugh and experience joy with one another and be stupid and not take life seriously um it's very important to me so uh that's that's my my favorite part about acting
0: yeah i love for me acting what i love about it is it forces you to be in the present moment Totally, i can get so in my head about like what i should be doing or what i didn't do and when i first started acting i was like it was like all that all those negative thoughts that just always are kind of racing around in our heads. It was like, Oh my God, they're gone. And I can yeah. just be here in this present moment and connect authentically and genuinely with this person standing across from me. Uh, Cause I feel like out there in the real world, you know, a lot of people, you know, we're just busy and, and it's hard mm-hmm. to connect with people. And when you're doing a scene for like five minutes, you are just actively taking this person in and listening. And it made me realize how I wasn't really truly taking people in and listening to people in my real life. And that's why acting has been such a blessing in my life. And it's helped me with my relationships with who I am as a person. Cause it's, it's made me realize, um, how to become a better communicator. Uh, and it's, again, it's just, it's fun to, uh, um, to just play all these different characters and be able to have these amazing experiences and just work with creative people. Um, I just,
1: and that what you're talking about, like that moment when you you're actually connected with somebody and then like the, the room disappears Yes. and then you forget that I can't describe that because if you're not an actor, it's really hard to kind of comprehend that, but the room disappears. It doesn't matter if you're on set or on a stage and you're like, Oh, we're in this like fully in it, you know, and then, and and you're like, Oh, Oh, that's yes. Cool. You know, it's a yeah. high. It really is. You oh, know, yeah. I call it. I call acting and the arts my addiction. <laughs> so I'm like, I got to yeah. feed my addiction, which is the arts. I chose yeah. that as my drug of choice. You know, um because there is something so magical. What are you talking about?
0: For sure, none of us
1: listen. You know, none of us listen to each other. I know. I I had to like really work on that. I still work on that every day. You know, actually listening to what the other person said and then testing it, not waiting for them to finish so I can talk. That's a, you know, and that's hard to
0: do that. It's like, I'm not done talking. Stop interrupting me.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Don't you care about what I have to say? Like, why do you keep like... Yeah, yeah.
1: But it's, you know, and I I laugh because my friend calls it, or my co-teacher calls it active listening. And I'm like, I think it's just listening. I think it's just actually actually listening. (laughs) I feel like active listening means we're like, Oh, really? Oh yeah. I, I, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. I'm processing, but you're like, not You're no. just like doing squinty eyes at them. You know, it's, 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 it, so you true. have to retrain your brain to, yeah. to do yeah. that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, what would you say is one of the hardest things about, um, actually not just like, I'm not talking about the audition process or the career of acting. What would you say is the, the, some of the challenges or things that you, find the most difficult about being an actress?
1: Well, I mean, I guess, I mean, the obvious is the rejection because it's, you're constantly being rejected. Um, And then you build up this thick skin. I also had to like tell myself, you know, (laughs) just because I try to protect myself, I'm still going to get hurt when I don't book the job. So like, just get hurt then. Just feel sad about it. You know, because then you start going into these rooms and you're like, I don't even know I'm here. Like, obviously she's like so much prettier than me. Like she's going to get the job, like whatever. I'm not even going to, you know, you do all these like stupid, weird mind games. So you're like, I'll protect myself. And I'm like, that's not true. I'm still going to be sad. I still really wanted that gig. Um, That part is tough, you know, and it goes up and down. I think, you know, for people like you and me, I'm never going to stop acting. I know I'm never going to stop acting. So once I came to terms with that, it was like, well, I'm just never going to stop. But if I'm going to wait for the phone to ring, I might as well be doing other stuff. I might as well be making my own things. I might as well be pushing forward and um, being creative no matter what, because I'm going to pick up the phone when they call. I know that. And that's fine. But I'm not sitting by the phone anymore. (laughs)
0: Because now you're um, starting to get into directing and producing. You've got few shorts that you created right
1: yeah i directed no i the first two i didn't write them in this last one i wrote directed and starred in which was during covid with a camera op a dop and a sound guy that was it um and and my producer who's in it too uh we had amazing locations he he was so funny he's like did we bring a slate i was like uh he's like no like i got it on my iphone slate <laughs> like, um and i'm really happy with it i'm like so proud of it 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 I can't believe we shot that in, you know, with a little Sigma MP for anyone who knows cameras. It's like a tiny, a small camera. I had no video village. I was like running behind, you know, checking. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And also I wrote it. That was different because that's like my whole voice up there that to see it on screen was like, Oh, that's my, that's like part of my, who I am. And yes, I'm in it, but I wasn't even thinking about the acting. I, I was looking at it from like a, Okay, but I'm exposed. I just wrote like my vulnerabilities and now it's here <laughs> on this screen.
0: What's the name of this one?
1: So, this is Afterglow.
0: Afterglow. Okay. Yeah. And what's it about?
1: So, it's about an adult film star who no longer wants to be in the industry mm. um, for various reasons, but nobody will accept her. So, I really wanted to tackle, um, especially in that industry, you know, and specifically with the women, because the men have an easier time transitioning. You know, we chastise people so much for what they do and we have really strong opinions on what they do or why they do it. And we, we make them feel bad about that. And then when they come to us and they say, I don't want to do that anymore, we get we go, oh, well, gross. I'm not going to help you. So what are they going to do? You know, and what are what is anybody supposed to do who wants to make a change in their life? Uh, and nobody will just accept them. I, the whole point, too, for me really was to tackle. Uh, you are the narrator of your own story. And you can change it whenever you want, and yeah. it's not up to anybody else to let you in. You're in charge of you, uh, yeah. and I really encourage people to do that. That's what I'm doing. Um, I actually interviewed um, an adult film star for this, for the project too, and she watched it with me. I was so scared to show her because, you know, obviously I want to. This is somebody who's really gone through this experience and seen it, and um, and she was so supportive. She laughed, and then she sobbed, and uh, we just talked about it after. And she was like, "That's exactly." what I go through. And, uh, it's really hard for me. And I was like, yeah, I hope, I hope that this has kind of opened people's eyes to stop judging other people. You don't know where they're coming from. Like you really don't. And it's, it's not even up to you to, even if you don't like where they came from, that's not up to you either. (laughs) Like let people be who they are. Uh, if it's not hurting anyone, be comfortable enough with yourself to just be in charge of you, you know? And so that's, a lot of this is and the the voice that I have, I seem to everything I write, um, the other projects I'm writing to uh, really are kind of about taking ownership of yourself and loving who you are. And um, yeah,
0: Melissa Wheel is asking, are we able to see this?
1: Okay, so it's in the festival circuit right now, so I can't show it um, just because I'm waiting on festivals. Uh, it just it just screened at the California Women's Festival. Um, once it's kind of done at circuit, then 100%, I'll, I will put it up on Vimeo or YouTube, and I'll really be pushing, and I can't wait to hear what people think yeah. because I, I crowdfunded for it as well. Um, and my the fans of Sign Sealed, like, I, I don't know how to explain them. I really don't know. The, our postables are like the most fierce, loyal group of people I have ever met in my life. Um, like, they're still writing letters. They have letter campaigns to Hallmark daily. Like, it's not a joke. I, I am blown away by these women. And they have supported me and my co-star, Kristen, in both of our ex- journeys. Oh, yeah, Kristen was on here. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, they've, they've How many donated.
0: seasons did you guys do?
1: We've done six years of the show so far. Okay. Um, we are still waiting to hear if there's hope there is hope i just you know can only say that again <laughs> i don't i don't know all the details but i do think there's hope and i would encourage people to keep voicing your opinion that you want it because um i don't think it's gone uh, okay, good. yeah none of us want none none of the cast want it to be gone we all we actually really all love the show and we're happy playing those i love being rita she's my favorite she's so funny and sweet yeah.
0: Wow. Gina Cattell says, I'm proud to be a part of that group. My letters went out last week. So
1: thank you. You know, like I can't describe it to you, you know, even at Rama drama, cause we had so many postables there. Yeah. The vibe, you know, from the postables, I, I was saying this in another podcast recently that I, you know, it's just different because Martha's storytelling is really holds people accountable and it, and it really hits on hope and faith and kindness um, it, it, and she tackles big, heavy subjects. Thanks. I heard love Rita. Um, she, she tackles big, heavy subjects in a really beautiful way that people can understand. Uh, and I think because of that, our fan base is really kind. You know, we, we hold ourselves accountable. We, we know how to treat each other and we don't, one of us will look at each other like, are you done? <laughs> you know, be, be better then. Uh, and, and so I'm, I'm proud. I'm so proud of our group.
0: That's that's awesome. And uh, with regards to this short film, because um, I teach an acting class and uh, I've just I think it's one of the best ways for actors to get discovered and to get experience is to create a short film. So um, for anyone out there who's interested in what it takes to create a short film. So you said you did crowdfunding. How much did you raise?
1: For so your I did it kind of weird. I did it uh, because it was COVID and I just wanted to shoot, you know, I was like, we're shooting. Yeah. I just want to shoot. Um, I got really lucky. I, I did a couple shorts for a friend of mine at AFI uh, and um, he's a really fantastic DOP. So I called him and was like, dude, can we just shoot this? Uh, and I'll pay a small amount now and then I'm going to crowdfund after for it. Um, so I shot it. And then crowdfunded later on. Uh, I, I used Indiegogo. I would suggest Indiegogo. I had a great experience on them. Seed and okay. Spark is another great one. Seed and Spark really t- works with BIPOCs and females too. So if you're a BIPOC filmmaker out there, they're really, really um, championing you. Uh, Indiegogo was great though. The thing about Indiegogo that I liked is whatever you raise, you keep. Even if you don't reach your um, what you're okay. aiming for. Some yeah. of the platforms, if you don't reach your goal, you don't get any of it. And that doesn't make any sense to me (laughs) because I'm like, well, I'd rather have something than nothing. I I don't, why would I do that? I guess it's incentive for you to like fight for it more. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I see with crowdfunding, put together a a pitch, video yourself talking about it, why you want to raise the funds for it, what you're doing, Um, you know, put an edited little nice video, maybe do a mock poster, really explain in depth, why you want to tell this story. Why is it important to you? Um, and, and I love that you're encouraging your actors to do that, but I will say this to the actors, don't do it just to get seen, do it because you have something to say to the world, figure out what that is. Because Mm -hmm. if you, there's an audience for everything, um, and all of us have a a voice, all of us have something to say. Uh, I don't know what you have to say. I don't, you know, I know, I only know what I have to say. Find what that is that you need the world to, to understand or Maybe you just need to get out and then write your script based on that because you're going to fight for it more, you know? Uh, and it's going to mean more to you than just having somebody see you.
0: Yeah. And yeah. what would you say it was about 20 pages?
1: Oh, no, mine. No, no, no. Mine is 10. I, I, I am under the firm belief that a short should be no longer than 12 minutes max. And I only say that because programming wise, uh, 10 to 12 minutes is much easier to program than 17 to 20 minutes. You know, it's an easier slot to fit in if there's like, if we want to show six shorts, I'm going to pick a 10 minute short as opposed to a 20 minute short because I can't show as many. Okay. Yeah. Um, And and I like shorts with a beginning and middle end. not everybody does. I, but I do, (laughs) you know, I like to see an arc.
0: So in terms of what your voice was for this short, I mean, obviously it's about a, an adult film star, Mm -hmm. right? So what was, what was your message? What was the, the, yeah. uh,
1: well, your voice it was really you based on of my own life, you know, and my own experiences. When I first started in film, uh, when I was a teen, but even as a teen, you know, I remember getting cast in a show and my character's name was Shannon Slutty Putty. Yeah. And I look back at that and I was like, <laughs> I was 15, I was like 16 or 15 years old why were we writing characters for a 16 year old girl calling her that and then touting her around to show how slutty she was and then make her the butt of jokes. Like, why did we do that? And they said, Oh, this is, to, this is to push the, 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 you know, the box for teens. And I was like, for which teens, the girls, it's not for us. Cause you know, in my, in my opinion, a joke should never be punching down and you're punching down in those, you know? And that was like the beginning of like, you know, I, I, I modeled a lot too. I did Maxim. All these like things. Um, and so I started believing that my only self-worth was how I looked. I really did. And those were the roles that I got, you know, to be hot girl or to be whatever. Um, so much so that I, I believed that <laughs> like, I believed, well, if I don't have that, I like, they're not going to want to see me. And it wasn't until I had this audition for like one of the fast and Furiouses. uh, not when it was cool. You know, there was a time period where it wasn't cool. <laughs> there was like that middle one. Um, And it was to play like hot girl number, I don't know, 32. And uh, I I remember sitting on the steps of my agency and I was like, just bawling. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to be taken seriously as an actor. I want to. And this Ian Tracy, who's an amazing Canadian actor who's worked for years, walked by and sat with me for almost 45 minutes, listened to me cry and said, well, then go change their minds. And I was like, "How do I do that?" And he was like, "Go to go to acting classes. Get good. Get really good, uh, and keep coming back." He goes and tell them you don't want to do it anymore. And I was like, "Can I do that? You know?" Um, and so I I took his advice and I did that and and begged my agent and I was like, "Nope, I want to change their minds." He was like, "Okay, let's do it." So I took, but I had to like fight tooth and nail, and not just to prove to other people, but to prove to myself that I could do more. You know, to mm-hmm. to say to myself, I. I can be more than just that i can be funny i can be dumb i could be serious uh i don't always have to be cute i don't always have to be you know any that also translates into the glow up thing too because yeah. the glow up thing is also internally tackling can i be comfortable with myself through therapy and know that that doesn't define me and also get my lashes done um because i really like getting my lashes done <laughs> And can I, is there a balance in there somewhere where it's not just about my external beauty, but also I can put my makeup on and take care yeah. of my skin. Um, and I think that's a lot of the discovery of the glow up. I'm, I'm trying to discover, I don't know, I'm in the middle of trying to figure it out. So uh, I'll let you know.
0: <laughs> Was it that you started to go to acting class and just focused on your talent and your craft to get better? Yes develop the confidence then to be taken seriously? Is that what helped you yeah. stop thinking about your self-worth was tied to the way you looked?
1: Yes. Yeah. And then also getting Rita, like uh, my, the Postables have heard this story a million times, but like when I got the sides, I thought they sent me the wrong sides. I said, You Yusufi, I'm not going for this. Um, and then she goes, no, just go in. I was like, what? okay. So I went in with no makeup, glasses, my hair pulled back. And I was like, I'm not going to book this job like I, I i sat in the waiting room people were stressed yeah. you know walking around i was like laughing um and then i went in and as i was doing it, i was like this is weird i think she likes me <laughs> you know you can tell in the room i was like oh maybe i'm this is weird yeah. uh and then i booked the job and all I had wanted for so many years was I wanted like a huge photo shoot. It was like my dream to have a shoot where people stood behind a monitor and then did this as executives and looked at me. Like I, I wanted that so bad. And when we, when we got signed sealed, um, they flew in this really amazing photographer who's done huge posters for all the rom-coms and they set up this huge, you know, photo thing. And I started hysterically laughing and crying. And my co-star was like, are you okay? Like, This is just so funny. Like, I have a shirt buttoned up to here. I'm wearing glasses and my hair is so tight, I can't even breathe. And this is when I got the photo shoot. Like, I got it when I'm like, I'm the funny, and who I really am.
0: Seriously, you're a real actress. I'm an
1: actress (laughs) who's funny and quirky, and not, it's not based on that. It was really um, like an aha moment for me in that. So, it was great.
0: So Debbie Padwika says that is what is so great about Rita and Norman. They are just so wonderful, and you see, really, they are the same as Shane and Oliver. They are all scared of love. It's yes,
1: yeah, terrified. Yeah, yeah. The, the, you know, and that went on for a long time. Um, and Jeff Gustafson, who plays Norman, is so good, annoyingly good. You know, like he's so funny. When I got on, I'm like, damn it, <laughs> how am I going to compete with this? And then I thought, oh, you, I can't. I, I shouldn't compete. I should compliment. I should yeah. not try to be as funny. I should just compliment how wonderful he is. And him and I have known each other since uh, high school. We went to high school together. Oh, He's wow. another one. It's so okay. weird. And he was my neighbor. I didn't know he lived in the ap- uh, apartment complex behind my uh, house. It was it's so it's so random. He'll be in my life forever, whether I want it or not. <laughs>
0: yeah. Would you say Sign Seal Delivered" is has been your favorite project to work on? Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I got to work with Carol Burnett. You know, Amazing. I I worked with Della Reese. Uh, I was the last person to work with her on TV. You know, like I just I've had so many. It inspired me to to direct. Uh, Martha Williamson is our showrunner. She's been so supportive. You know, I, I when I. I was coming back and forth to LA and we were going to our house and I was like, I don't have time to grocery shop. So I'm going in your fridge. And I went through her whole fridge and like took all her food. And she was like, just take whatever you want. (laughs)
0: It's
1: like, this is when, you know, we're real friends and we love each other. Like it's a, it's a very supportive family.
0: Awesome. And what advice would you give maybe to your younger self when you were first starting out or anyone else who's entering into the business or just even in life in general, pursuing what it is that they really want to in life where they may not feel as secure about where they're at and maybe have some of these self identity issues about how they look and having their self yeah. tied to that. Yeah. What advice would you give?
1: Uh, first of all, my grandma used to say this to me and I never forgot it. She used to always say inch by inch, you know, like the little worm. I always think of like an inchworm crawling yeah. um, just inch by inch. Okay, hey, like we all want to get out of the gate and try to like fight to get the thing right away. Yeah, it's gonna come in ebbs and flows. Just keep moving forward. You know, even even if it's on a day, I always encourage people to just do something, even if it's just get up out of bed, walk around the block. But get up out of bed and walk around the block. Then get back in. You know, I set a time limit on yourself for how long, you can be sad and then get back up and just keep moving forward. And, um, that's, that would be the main thing. Cause it's a, it's a long game. It's not a quick thing. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is, you know, if I could go back to my younger self, I would say therapy is good. You should go <laughs> uh, stop lying to your therapist. When you do go tell them the truth, they're going to help you. <laughs> um, and you got so much to offer and you're going to become the safest space that you needed when you were little and it's okay. That's what I would tell her. Um, and that's sometimes really hard. You know, as actors, we have to go inwards. And I don't think that's a job that people don't have to do that in their job, right? They don't have to like go and find their own stuff. It's so much of it is self-work. Cause if you don't do that, you have all these blocks that you are just blocking you off from everything else. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you're young and you're getting in this, be open. Don't judge the process, you know, breathe. It's going to be okay. And just inch by inch, take a class, then take another class and then do something, something you don't think you're going to be good at. Bomb. I always encourage people to bomb, bomb. And I've bombed hard at groundlings, (laughs) bomb, you know, like, I was like, God, I'm terrible at this. Uh, But then after bombing, you get up and you're like, well, I didn't die. Like what happened? Nothing. I just wasn't good. Nobody laughed. So get, get pet your ego, like it's a cat and be like, you're pretty. And then <laughs> get back in the game and try again. That's yeah. it. That's, that's, that is the only thing I can really think of. Yeah.
0: What are some of your self-care tips or recommendations, um, for when you experience stress, uh, anxiety, overwhelm? What do you, what do you like to do?
1: Yeah, I get anxiety all the time. So for anyone listening who has it, please don't feel like you're alone. I'm, I, I live my whole white family is all like we're like we're one giant anxiety um mm-hmm. meditation really just taking a second and uh when you this has really helped me all those what if questions that go through your brain where you're like well what if this doesn't work out and what if i get what though that's anxiety that's not real that hasn't happened yet so anytime you're at getting a what if question mm-hmm. you gotta be like i named my anxiety sometimes like i'll name it bob or like barry i'll be like Barry, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're not here. This is not real. This is just a what if. This isn't a real thing. It hasn't happened yep. yet. And I'll tell Barry. Uh, I use profanity, um, but I'll tell him to you know bugger off. And uh, and and then I get a laugh out of it. And then then usually I can kind of carry on.
0: Yeah. And then as far as your meditation practice, because some people you know have said they've tried to meditate and uh-huh. they'll sit down and be like, well, my brain is like racing. I can't do this. So they'll get up and, and have to leave. Uh, What is your meditation practice look like?
1: Um, So I journal every morning now and I'm obsessed with this thing called scripting your life. I love it so much. Um, Meditation, my brain goes too. let it, let your brain go. Just let it come in. Imagine all those thoughts coming in and then going out and then just watch them. (laughs) Like, that's funny Uh, because you can't stop it. And if you try to stop it, it's going to happen more. Right. Um, So don't, don't think like Bruce Lee, move like water. Uh, just let it move with it. You move with it. It's not as stressful. Um, but the scripting my life, I love. You get, I get up every morning. I sit for five minutes for myself. I write out seven to 10 things I intend to do. And they're from big things to small things. I intend to book a blockbuster movie. I intend to eat cheese. I intend to take my daughter to school. I intend to go for a hike. I intend to get this, you know. And then I write um, what I know is going to happen, three to five things. And then I write a letter to myself as if the day has already happened. Um, and so I write like this was a great day it was so good I talked to Colin and it went so well he loves me it's amazing Um, and then I went to this you know whatever I'll write that and I'll be like you know then you get in the space of feeling that before you even start the day yeah and then the day weirdly works out you know it's um, because I'm in the mindset it's going to so that's my daily practice right now
0: yeah so much about the success in my career has Um, I attribute to really focusing my mindset on doing that very same thing of like future sensing or creating life or the vision that I wanted to live into. And one of my acting teachers, um, she was the one that turned me on to, uh, to the whole manifestation and Mm -hmm. visualization. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's crazy spooky how much that stuff works at first. I was like, what, what is going on here? What is like, I'm like sitting on this like leopard print couch in this purple carpet with these crystals. And I was like, where the heck am I right now? But after she had me do these journal exercises and this visualization where I was like, I literally could picture myself on set Mm -hmm. doing this World War II love story. um, I swear to God, three weeks later, I was on set shooting this World War II love story. It was, I mean, insane. It It was crazy.
1: I'm not surprised. I'm not. Cause yeah. I know, cause I this, that happens. It's weird. It's weird, but it's also mm. wonderful. It gives you more power, you know?
0: Yeah. So what would you say your goals and dreams are for your career in entertainment and Hollywood? And
1: uh, I would love to show run one day. That's my goal. You know, that's my real, that's my like dream, dream. Um, and, and some, the, the women that I most want to be like are people like Issa Rae, um, Mindy Kaling, um, you know uh, women Phoebe Waller-Bridge women that have like like they write their own material and they mm-hmm. they produce the, most of them I don't think direct but uh, which I love directing I love it almost as much as acting so yeah. that would be something a little bit different but that's that's my dream uh, is to just continually make my own stuff um, you know and also like I love being on a, a comedic show uh, that's what I'm writing to it's all dramedies you know to be on something that makes you laugh. And then only beyond that, you know, and then I have a chunk of time in the middle where I get to take care of my kids and just be a mom. So like that's, you know, looking for that balance. That's the goal.
0: Awesome, and you also teach acting as well. I
1: do, yeah, yeah. yeah I teach at a studio called Graham Shield Studio, and I I love teaching. I love my students. They're good peeps. I there's nothing better than watching somebody succeed. Um, I'm so fortunate in everything I've already gotten to do, and so when I see somebody growing. Uh, best, you know, or like coming into themselves and then like kicking ass. Uh, And I tell them all, I'm going to take credit for all your success right off the gate. So we know. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then uh, it's good. It's just, I like it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, in terms of taking care of yourself, um, you know, we're we're brand ambassadors and we're now doing this 90 day challenge with our three stem cell. You're going to be doing a week of there we go. Got your water, right? <laughs> um, you're going to be talking about some mental health yes. stuff. Um, can yeah. you share a little bit about uh, what is it about mental health and, and what it is that you do to help support people who are dealing with whatever mental health issues that they are?
1: Yeah, I don't think, I mean, external stuff is amazing. Obviously what we put on our body, how we, but if you don't get to the root of like, why you maybe didn't take care of yourself for a long time or why you don't think it's a priority. It's very hard to maintain that. And for me, I think it's so important to a, have a support system who doesn't judge you and just says, Hey man, you fall off, get back up. I'm here. I got you, but you yeah. gotta get back up. You know, like, you yeah, gotta get back up, but like I'm here and it's okay. Um, and the other thing is, I really want to talk about, you know, wh- why, why, why did you feel like you weren't allowed to be a priority? You know, because once we start dealing with the root of that stuff Mm -hmm. and we start changing the ideas that have been put into our head or that we've put into our own head, um, the other stuff falls into place a little more. The emotional stuff is so much more tied to everything than we think. Um, And so I'm so stoked because I get to come in, you know, and, and really just talk about mental health along with this 90 day challenge. You know, drinking water makes me feel better. But also there's some residual weird stuff that keeps following me around. When I go to the gym, I'm like, oh, I shouldn't be here. I don't belong here. People don't, you know, I don't look like these people, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to talk about that. You know, why do you think that? That's yeah. crazy. Because um, you should be there and you do belong there. And again, working on not caring about other people's opinions of us. That's that's what I hope to bring.
0: Yeah. Um, would you say that there's ever been an insult that you've received that you actually take as a compliment?
1: Oh yeah, I love this question. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I just realized my battery's gonna die. I might have to run and grab my, Um, I love having haters and trust me, I have been called everything. I've been called a butterface. I've been called gross, I've been called watch, I have been called everything. Haters are like my favorite because I always think, (laughs) I know I made it when I got haters. I always think, wow, you took, 10 That's minutes right. out of your day, yes. To sit here and like write about me or like be like, nah, 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 nah. I don't know who you are. If I saw you walking down the street, I would have no idea who you were. but you know yeah. who I am. And that took you a lot of time and effort for you. It doesn't yeah. affect me in any way. It's zero. I. You can say all the, I had just somebody say on my Instagram the other day, wow, you got, you got old. And I started laughing, and I said, thank you. I I mean, thank God I made it to this age. And congratulations (laughs) to you, too, uh, for getting old as well. Like, look at us. So many people don't make it. Um, And there was no response. I thought, you're coming on here to tell me I'm old? Honey, I know. (laughs) I got older. (laughs) I didn't stay younger. It's really weird. And why would you want me to stay younger? That would have been, you know, know, it's just... Those people take a lot of time and I feel I'm sad that they uh, feel like they need to, and I hope they're okay. Because if you're happy in your own life, you just don't really do that.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So it's coming from a place of their own insecurity and I get it. And and that's okay. You know, and if I get to meet those people in person, I would probably just give them a hug and say, Mm -hmm. I hope you're okay. And uh, you know, hi, I'm Crystal. This is the real me. Do you want to grab a drink? If you don't, Oh, that's okay. My face is offending you. That's okay. Uh, But if not, then I'm here.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's funny. Like when people write crappy stuff on my feed, I'm like, you don't have to be here. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm sorry that like, you don't like what I'm saying, but you chose to jump on here. Like you can leave. You don't have to. Listen to what I'm saying. If you don't want to, I (laughs) I think it
1: really makes it's because, you know, because when you're happy, you don't do that. You know, you don't, you don't go and dog on other people when you feel really good. You just don't, you don't have the time to do that. But when you want to come at people, it's because there's something that feels lacking for you. And and I also understand that. So I'm like, well, then why don't we just figure out what that is? So you don't feel like you have to, Yeah. you know, Yeah. hit them with empathy.
0: Yes, exactly. And now's the time, ladies and gentlemen, where we're going to ask Crystal her favorite movies. Are you ready, Crystal?
1: I'm ready. Okay.
0: All right. So are you familiar with Picticular? No. Picticular is this app that allows you to be able to find out where your movies are on, like what platforms they're on, whether it's Netflix or Amazon Prime or Voodoo or whatever it is. Because a lot of the times when we want to watch movies or people ask me, like, hey, Colin, you know, where can I watch your movie? I have no idea because it's like there's all these different platforms. So you can type in your movie. You can type in your name and it'll list whatever movie is there, whatever actress or actor is there. It'll show you exactly which platforms you can be able to watch your movies so people can watch Final Destination or they can watch whatever movies out there that, uh, you know, because we don't know, especially in different countries where they're available. Right. So well, this part of the show is brought to you by Picticular, and my buddy Todd created this app. So everyone out there, make sure you go to Picticular and download it. Go to the App Store or the Google Play Store. And this uh, this particular part of the segment um, is brought to you by Picticular. And the first question in the Picticular Pick Six is: Crystal, what is your favorite movie of all time?
1: Oh my God! Oh my God! Um, Kung Fu Hustle. If you haven't seen it, go see it. It's unbelievable. It's such a good movie. It's really? amazing. Kung Fu Hustle.
0: What's it about?
1: Oh, it's about these Kung Fu masters. And it's so funny. It's, it's, gonna, it's subtitled as it's a Chinese film. It is, it is to this day one of my favorite movies I've ever seen. It's ridiculous. It's huge. It's giant. It feels like a Baz Luhrmann movie. Um, it's so fun. Watch when did it. it come out? Oh, a long time ago eight years ago. No, longer than that. I would say like 10 years ago. You got to watch it. You're going to love it.
0: Are there any like known actors in it or is it just in the the
1: Chinese community, but not here, but honestly just, it's one of those movies that you'll be like, this is so dope. This was the weirdest, funniest, strangest movie I've ever seen.
0: Okay. Awesome. I love this. Okay, great. Uh, Next question is what was your favorite movie growing up as a kid?
1: Never ending story, princess bride.
0: Awesome. And what did you like about never ending story?
1: Valcor. <laughs> I've never ride seen in. the movie. So who's you that? You haven't seen Never Ending Story?
0: I haven't seen it. No.
1: Guys. I mean, Colin, I did like you. Uh, I don't know what's happened now, but like this is super weird. You need to watch that film. Valcor is the giant dragon that you can ride.
0: Kid rides around on.
1: Yes.
0: Yes. Okay. All right. And of course, Princess Bride, obviously. On, that's you know. I mean. That's just yeah. obvious. Yeah. Um, what would you say your favorite romantic comedy is?
1: Oh my God. I have so many. I love romantic comedies. I watch them all the time. I've talked about this, but serendipity. I've seen like 50,000 times. Oh yeah. Every John Hughes film, you know, uh, it, okay, it's, this is my dream. I'm like telling it out here. Um, you know, it's A, my I, she should have gone with Ducky in, in Pretty in Pink. I loved him. The scene where he's dancing, best scene alive. If a man really wronged me and I was like so angry and he Hmm. wanted to get me back.
0: Oh no. Is her phone dying or is it dead? All right. We're going to wait for her to plug back in. All right, everyone. So we've got Kung Fu Hustle, never ending story. We have Princess Bride. We have Serendipity. We have Pretty in Pink, and I would recommend another movie that's in the vein of Pretty in Pink. One of my favorite, I don't know if it's necessarily a romantic comedy, but it is, uh, I'm pretty sure it's a John Hughes movie. It's called um, Some Kind of Wonderful, and it has James Bader in there. It has, um, gosh, Nadine, you're always good at, Filling me in with uh, with the actors that are in these movies, um, cute blonde actress, uh, and also has, yeah, this is definitely a John Hughes movie. Um, and look, Laurie Rodriguez knows what that movie is, so I'm actually going to just type it in here and see.
1: Oh, I'm
0: back. Oh, she's back. <laughs> Did you I plug don't know in? If you can see me, Colin. Yeah, I can see you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was just mentioning one of my favorite uh, romantic, well, it's not necessarily a romantic comedy, but it's a romantic dramedy. Um, okay. Have you ever seen Some Kind of Wonderful?
1: No, but I, I know that movie, and I should see it.
0: Yes, it's Mary yeah. Stuart Masterson. That's who it is. Okay. And Eric Stoltz, that's right, that's right, that's right. Eric Stoltz. And also Leah Thompson.
1: Oh, yes. yes. I'm going to watch it. I've I've heard of it, so I'll have to check it out.
0: That's right. It's Craig Schaefer. Yeah, and John Hughes. Written by. So definitely have to check that one out. Okay.
1: And then what I was saying is if a man wronged me and wanted to get me back, if he was standing outside in the pouring rain with a boombox over his head and a trench coat. I mean, I'm gonna say fine.
0: <laughs> Same. yeah.
1: Same. I mean, yep. like that moment, that moment, and then in Pretty in Pink, I still remember it all the time. When the when the family leaves, and then the, the he's standing at the Corvette. Remember, like car moves, and oh, then right. the other Corvette standing is like this.
0: Amazing. It's actually a Porsche. Oh,
1: nine point
0: four. Yeah, it's a
1: red one though, right? That part I remember.
0: Yes. Um, I just yes, remember being exactly. like.
1: And there's that last shot of them, you know, when they're like, she's like, he's like, blow the candles out.
0: She's yeah, like, where they're I'm sitting on that. the glass table, just waiting for it to, yeah.
1: Perfect. Yeah.
0: Um, how about, uh, what is your favorite, just straight comedy movie? Oh my
1: god, I don't know. Like honestly, I've seen so many, but like Zoolander, I literally have watched 50 times. Uh, something about Mary uh, old school. I really love those old comedies. So that's my, like, that's what I grew up with. You know, those are, they still hold (laughs) Zoolander is the stupidest movie I've ever seen. And the best movie I've ever seen. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I like your taste. (laughs) Um, what is, or who is your favorite actor or male character in a movie?
1: (sighs) Uh, I would say in, based on their work, Dustin Hoffman has always been somebody that I've, I'm obsessed with Tootsie. That's another movie that I love more than I can watch that movie 50,000 times. He's so good. He's always so good. He's just a brilliant actor. You know, I, bu- I buy everything. I, there's never been a moment where I didn't believe it. Yeah. Um, and so he's definitely one of my favorite male actors. Actresses? There's just, oh, it's Viola Davis. What am I even saying?
0: Viola it's Davis. Viola Davis.
1: Hello, she's the queen. And again, like Viola Davis is the real deal, you know? That's yeah. the real deal up there. You don't see that, doesn't come every, every word out of her mouth. I'm like, yep, uh huh, okay. Yeah. I saw her in person at a screening and I was like, wow, she takes big pauses. I'm never going to forget that. She waits mm-hmm. and then says something again. <laughs> she could be talking about ice cream, but it's in those pauses that I'm like, what is she going to yeah. say? What is she going to say? You know,
0: yeah. Everything just reads in her eyes. Yeah. Like, like power, sadness, yeah. empathy. Like, yeah. yeah. And she's
1: not embarrassed to go there, you know? Oh, oh no. Oh, my little one is is crying right now. Oh. Colin, I might have to go. Is there a last question oh, I can wrap up That
0: was it, my dear. we oh, nailed it. Thank All you right. so much for being here. All and right. uh, go take care of your little one. I so appreciate your time and
1: thank you for having me. I'll see you soon.
0: Okay. Sounds good. Take care. All right, everyone. Thanks for being here and thanks for your contribution. Thanks for your questions. Uh, What a great interview. I loved what she said um, uh, just about um, how she overcame her attachment of her self-worth to how she looked and her advice to just change their minds by focusing on whatever it is that you want to do in order to become better at what you do so that you are not being uh, judged or you're not being accepted for this outward appearance. And this is where we get tripped up. And this is where I used to feel really insecure about my auditions because I felt like I only started acting when I was 24 years old. So when I was starting to go into these auditions, I was like feeling that I hadn't put in the work as long or as much as some of the other actors that I was auditioning against. And it wasn't until years of training and going to class where I started to actually feel that I I deserved and I earned these roles. You can't go out there into life without feeling that sense of you deserve this or you've earned it. You can't just show up and expect things to be given to you or just to have this sense of entitlement, you have to work for it. And that's what makes it so much better. When you put in the time, you put in the energy and you put in what it takes to actually manifest and create what you have, you're going to appreciate it more. You're going to enjoy it and you're going to know that you belong there. And it wasn't until I had you know, tons of experience, my first few acting jobs, totally nervous, totally just like insecure whether I was going to get fired or not. And uh, it wasn't until like, just, you know, you just keep doing it. And like she said, just inch by inch, inch by inch, just keep moving forward and keep focusing on the the direction of where it is you want to go. Be honest to your therapist. What a good, what good advice. Um, And then also what I like about is that she scripts out her, her life in the sense that each morning she writes out what she intends to do for that day, almost like a brain dump of what she's wanting to, to do for that day and then writing a gratitude section where she's grateful for accomplishing the things that she set out to do for that day. And she gave us some really good, uh, really good suggestions for some movies. So thank you, Crystal. I appreciate it. And uh, again, thank you guys for being here. Appreciate you guys. And again, we're going to be doing uh, this 90 day challenge for R3 stem cells. So if you haven't signed up yet and want to, have some motivation and some encouragement to fulfill on your health and wellness goals for the next 90 days. Go to my Instagram bio to sign up there. And then also you can uh, join me this Saturday at 12 p.m. Central Standard Time for my next introduction to my Inspire course. My Inspire course starts January 29th, and it is six weeks of goal setting and empowering conversation. And like we were talking about tonight, it is things that I've learned and other actors have learned in acting classes in order to be able to communicate better and how to be more vulnerable and how to essentially create the life script where you get to rewrite and reprogram some of these negative thoughts in your mind to go out there into the world, to get out of your comfort zone and to achieve what you really want to in life, whether that's starting a new job, getting into a new relationship, writing a book, whatever it is that you want to do, what you want to accomplish in life. There's so many things that we know inside of ourselves that we want to do, but because of our negative thoughts, and like Crystal said, she names her negative thoughts, Bob or whatever it is. um, It's important to understand where these thoughts come from and how to live your life. You can choose to live your life through these negative thoughts, or you can choose to live your life through these empowering thoughts of like we were talking about tonight, dare to suck, get out there, fail. You're going to learn so much from failure and you're going to have the battle scars that uh, are going to make you know that you've earned whatever it is that you are going out there to accomplish in life. So thanks so much for being here again. And uh, we're continuing on with season five. Thank you again to Miriam and uh, again, if you are interested in starting your own podcast, you can go to at Miriam Johnson Productions and uh, contact her there. She will get you set up with all the technical aspects so that you can go out there and spread your voice. Like Crystal said tonight, it's all about uh, knowing that each and every one of us has a voice and that we have something to say. And uh, it's time for you to be able to just step out there and and do it and I guarantee you once you get out of your comfort zone and start doing some of this stuff, life becomes a lot more fulfilling and you absolutely, absolutely, absolutely will feel more fulfilled and purposeful in your life because I'm living proof. So that's it, guys. Have a great rest of your night and I will see you all next Monday. Take care.